Are you ready? Welcome back to another episode of Woke. I'm up in here in the studio today. And before we get started, I want to give a shout out to my sponsor at Chalet Clothing. That's C-H-A-L-E Clothing. Look it up on Instagram. It's one word. You know how to spell. So with it being the end of Men's Mental Health Month, I wanted to sit down with my boy Jeffrey, who's back in the studio, because he was a part of my mental health documentary that I had to make for class and it is on YouTube right now. The title is we will overcome. If you want to go check it out, make sure you type it in all caps. So I'm not just boosting it cause I did it, but I do think it came out fairly well. And Jeffrey was a great part of that documentary. He's actually one of the most talked about parts of that documentary. <laughs> I'll tell you later, <laughs> but we are here to talk about men's mental health and things that go into it and how to deal with your trauma and how to get over it. So Jeffrey, 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 like, I know we already talked about in the documentary, but it's like, tell the audience a little bit about, like, how you came over your journey. Ooh, well, I'm a crazy, I'm gonna stop. <laughs> um, basically, for me, I think long, uh, my first foray in even understanding mental health was my younger brother being diagnosed with ADD or ADHD when he was young, and not really understanding how that worked. It was just something that happened, and I just kind of like, all right, cool, whatever. And I know at a young age I experienced a lot of anxiety but just didn't understand what that was. I had did a lot of like tapping my foot or just moving around, just all these static options. And I do understand now why, you know, what triggers were happening with that. But I think that it's something because I remember my mom would be like, are you all right? Get still. You know, and I'm like, yeah, it's just what I'm doing. Because for me, I didn't I wasn't anxious when I was doing I was just moving my foot. And let me clarify, nothing crazy happened to trigger it. It was just me dealing with anxiety at a young age. And so, I, you know, that happened, and then it kind of, as you get older, you forget about it, or you just use that energy in other places and is what it is. And I think it took until probably college when I really had to look and analyze, you know, okay, why do I feel so lackluster? Why do I not feel drive? Why don't I, you know, why don't I want anything? It's not that you, uh, you know, I think people think that depression and things like that are always the stereotypical symptoms of, oh, woe is me, oh, God. No, a lot of the depression is simply, and I can speak to this because I'm even still to this day dealing with a lot of stuff, it's knowing what your obligations and stuff that you should want to do are, but really just not, it's almost like a car that you can't get into second gear. It's like you know you need to shift, but it's just your body, it's just whether it's through chemical imbalance or situations or a mixture of both, you know, it's just difficult to navigate life because things are blunted and muted in certain areas. And, you know, some people experience those devastating ups and downs. Other people such as myself experience more of that level. is just straight across the board and not feeling as much as, you know, you would want. And I, like I said, I think we're coming out of a pandemic right now. And I'm sure we'll probably talk about this in a little bit as well. But I think for me, I'm still to this day trying to navigate, you know, what helps with my anxiety? What helps with my depression? What can I do? And I still haven't, I can't give anybody the perfect answer because one thing that I've learned is everybody's journey within mental health is going to be totally different. Medications are going to affect, you can look at as many reviews, and I've done this, you can look at as many reviews as antidepressants or anti-anxiety meds or different things that you want, but until, you know, a doctor gives it to you, you know, until you put it in your body, you won't know how you're going to react. And that's just physiological differences, not to mention different people take anxiety. Some people physically anxious they can't you know hold in other people are like myself more mentally anxious where it's just overbearing thoughts and just like constantly worrying and I think that a lot of people 
especially people of color who haven't been taught, uh, you know, for and within the black community, mental health has not been a big, broad topic until probably our generation coming up. And so I think you see people of older generations who have had trauma and never dealt with it or dealt with it the best way they could, but they just didn't know that that was trauma they were going through. They didn't know that was anxiety kicking in or depression. They just thought, oh, I'm a little blue. And that's just the way, you know, my grandmother described a lot of stuff. She was like, you know, just a little down. I'm like, okay. And then navigating, looking at that, it's like, no, these are issues that affect everybody. You can think that doesn't, but it's, you know, the world's not an easy place to be in. It's just not. And I think that sometimes you are going to have times where you are overwhelmed. And, I, you know, if you're one of those people who doesn't suffer from depression or anxiety, amen. I pray that you continue to be that way because it's not something I would wish on anybody. But you can make it through. And it's just that day by day process. And I'm not going to see until anybody is easy. But I will say that the one thing, even throughout all the difficulties that I've gone through, analyzing past behavior, seeing how depression, anxiety was affecting my past decisions, regretting those things, but understanding that you can only change today and moving forward. And I think that a lot of people within mental health issues get bogged down in thinking about what happened or what this, what that. And I think if there was one tip that I can give people to try to strive to, I can't sit here and say it's easy, it's not, but just try not to give up that hope that one day in the future it's gonna get better. It may not be tomorrow, may not be next Tuesday, it could be next Friday, or it might not, you know, it could be next month, but you gotta keep on, if that's one thing my mother's just taught me about life in general, you got to keep moving. You cannot just let something put you down and let you just die. You have got to have that fight, and it's not easy. But I reckon I am a huge advocate for therapy, counseling, and medication if it's necessary. And understanding that having medication, I think there's a negative stereotype with it like, oh, you're crazy. You got to take a pill every day. There are people who take blood pressure medicine every day. Are they crazy? Are they are they weak? No, they just have a condition that has to be treated. So I, you know, that's the other thing. And I know I'm being long winded in this little opening monologue, but I say I say all that to say, get the help that you can get. If you are if you don't have health insurance, look at local community service boards or different social services. There are programs that have sliding scale pay systems for counselors and for medication. There are different medications at Walmart that are available uh, on the generic list for free, so you don't have that huge copay with insurance. So please do the research. But if you need help, please and it's not easy, but please look into it because invest it. It's investing in yourself, and you're worth that. Definitely. I think that mental health is an investment that we don't <clears throat> think about. And it's like, unfortunately, like being a black man, it's a lot of stigmas that come with it. And it's what and like just to tap in on like men's mental health, period. Like it is a lot like majority of people who commit suicide are men like majority of people who will go through with suicide at a young age. Like in the teenagers are young boys. And it's like because we're in a a world that men have to be strong men have to be tough like especially as a black man you think that white man gotta be strong like no you gotta be three times as strong as him because like he might be getting flat because he can't because he could get this job you gonna get flat because you couldn't get this job now you ain't shit you're not a provider you're not a real man mm -hmm. black men hate you and say you weak black women don't want to they call you a beta male like even though i don't get into all that like beta and alpha male stuff but it's like then it's a lot that comes with you and it's like now you still got to go out and do you every day with dealing with that trauma. So it's like, that's leading me into ask you, like, do you think that, um, hold on one second, I'm gonna pull up this question. Cause you know, I want to be professional, write this stuff down. Like, do you think that like society puts a lot on black men's mental health 
like in general, like not just men's mental health, but black men's mental health right now? Do you are you asking does it has it being spotlighted right now, or are you asking like has it put a strain on it, just society in general? I would say basically like do they do you really think they take it seriously? I think that's where it's difficult, right? Because I think there are a lot of different facets with there's society and then there's black culture itself and then there's also male culture. I think that you gotta look at all of those things because each of the pressures are coming in from different groups of that aspect of American, male, black. You know, if we're talking about a black male person of color, I can only speak to my experience. I'm half black, but you know, as my grandma says, one drop rule. Um, but I think, you know, number one, when we're talking about what you're saying about working and, you know, being successful and professional, that's that American dream of a man. You know, that's, you know, go out there. If you work hard enough, you can get it. Not taking into account the hardships that the world has, also the disparities that black males and females <laughs> have to face within the professional world. And so navigating through that is already tough enough. Then you have the, we'll go with the male side next. You have something that tells you you ain't supposed to cry. You ain't supposed to have your emotions show. You don't show your woman, girlfriend, you know, in my case, boyfriend, you know, anybody else. You know, boys don't cry. That's the thing. It was always like, dry that up. You know, stop crying. And I remember hearing that so much as a child from different people. And I don't think they understood the damage they were doing because in their minds they thought they were – I think that when we look at, you know, we can go into that other part, black culture, where, you know, I've had conversations with my mom, and for her and, you know, even my grandmother's uh, generation's understanding, for them it wasn't so much that they didn't care about, you know, the mental health side, which they didn't know as much about it then, but it was more so I've got to make sure that you are able to handle this world that you're going to go into because – in their minds, they felt if we let you feel this way and let your emotions be on your sleeve and let you just lay down and, you know, feel what you feel, in their minds, they thought they will eat you up as a black man in this world. And so understanding that is a big part of it, in my opinion. You know, and all this is just my opinion. Take it or leave it. I ain't professing to be anybody. I'm not. I'm not no saint. It is what it is. But I think when you take that into consideration, it's – I think we're at a good time. I'll go back to your question about spotlighting it now. I think that we're finally in a place where, and, and I don't know the best way to say it, where it's safe to figure those things out. We're not in a world right now. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we ain't got a lot of progress to make, but just, you know, I'm just talking this right now. Luckily, we are in a place for a lot of people, not all, because some people still in different states, different locations on this earth, still, you know, don't have the freedom to figure that aspect of their mental health or what they call, uh, excuse me, what they call, quote unquote, being a man. So I think, but for the vast majority, you know, luckily enough to be, you know, I can only talk about my experience, but I'm in a world right now where it's safe for me as a black male, half black male, whatever you want to call me, to explore my emotions and to explore my mental health. And so I think, yes, we are definitely in a time where the mental health of black males is being spotlighted, but I think only time is going to tell if it's true, you know, if it's something that people are actually concerned about. But I think that I just hope, regardless of if society doesn't care about it, regardless of if America doesn't care about it, I think I just hope that we as black males keep that going and understand that it's important and don't let anyone ever again tell us that we can't have fears, we can't have anxieties, we can't have worries, because a man is still a human being, and a human being is a physiological creature who has brain with brain chemistry that is not always going to be strength and happiness. There are going to be lows. There's going to be anxiety. And that don't make nobody any less of a man. And at the end of the day, you know, to wrap up what I'm saying on this, I, I don't think anybody should ever listen to someone else's definition of a man. If you are a man and see yourself as such, regardless of anything else, 
be the type of man you want to be and know that you are one and stop looking for that validation from society and other people. That's the only way that I'm able to walk through life at this point, you know, being who I am is you got to stop waiting for the world to accept you and waiting for the world to hold you and because it ain't always going to be like that. So it's about putting that work in and just, you know, investing in yourself, like I said. And that is something that I definitely understand. And there's one point, like, I partially agree with. It was that point of, like, that safeness. Like, I don't fully disagree with it, but I don't fully agree with it. Just because it's, like, it is safe, but it's, like, we got to be prepared for that chastising, that, that oh, punk ass, like, what's wrong with you, soft? Like, because, like, I hated being soft, called soft, like, growing up. I really did. Like, it really pissed me off. But it's, like, um... To an extent, I know it's a lot of black women now more so open and like, no, it's okay. If you want to talk about it, you can talk about it. But black men, it's like, we talk about it, but we don't talk about it. Like, you went the minute? Yeah, man, I was sad. For real? Dang, I've been there. And like, we talked about it, but we didn't actually, it wasn't in depth. And I think like, it's one thing to scratch the surface, but no one finds diamonds by just one scoop of the dirt. You got to dig. You got to really, like, dig. And it's, like, that's going to lead into my next, like, question. But um, I'm going to ask that in a second. But it's, like, I feel like the like society is taking better notice of men's mental health. Yeah. Like, men's culture still has some work to do. Like, we still got to get past that, that, like you said, that definition of, like, what is a man? Because there is a, if for all of you, like, who like to go on YouTube, there's this channel called Jubilee, and they did this thing called Spectrum, where people walk from lines to, like, agree, disagree, um, strongly agree, strongly disagree, and they did one, like, with men, and that was one of the questions. And there is no real definition of a man that is present in today's world like the stereotypical definition we know strong provider but then you're like you said we forgot that human aspect we are still human there are things that go into us that we try to dehumanize and it's like some of those men is like dehumanize like nah like we we good like like i ain't no punk like just because you are upset don't mean you a punk and it's like i'll um i'll come back to like a thought i had in a moment because it like pertained like to that topic but it's like do you think that talking about mental health with men is gonna get better like we're not gonna talk about like yeah my daddy beat me like we're not gonna get that deep but it's gonna be more than a damn you too like you think it's gonna get further i'll put it to you like this i think that whether we figure you know <laughs> there have been different forms of men trying to communicate like that throughout the times i think the best example i can give is the barbershop that is the closest place within that I've seen within, you know, my life within black culture where I've seen black men truly open up and just, you know, talk about stuff. And don't get me wrong, some stuff ain't always, you know, correct. But there is some stuff where I'm like, this was, the, I realized looking at it now, I'm like, this was the closest form of group therapy or just being able to talk to another person who's shared your experiences that a lot of black males could get. That was just it. So I say that just to have that point. But I do think, hmm, how should I phrase it? Say your question to me one more time and I can kind of probably. Basically, like, do you think that as black men, when we talk about mental health, we're going to get a little bit deeper without getting too, too personal? I think that's going to be something that's going to have to be a personal choice for a lot of people. And uh, I say that to say, you know, for example, for me, I, I talk to my little brother every day. He gets on my nerves more than anybody on this earth. I also love him more than anything in the world. And so I but. I'm able to have a relationship with my brother where I can, you know, I'll give you an example. I talked to him the other day. I was like, man, I got so upset. I, I cried. 
And I can say that, my brother. He ain't gonna say, why'd you cry? You was, not only wrong, he, he laughed because I said it in a funny way and it was, you know, it was funny at the time. But my brother will sit there and have a conversation and listen to me talk about my emotions, what I need. I've got a lot of friends who have shown me that I can come to them. One of my closest friends here in town, if there's something that I need to think about or run by, it, it's him I go talk to. And for me, it's just about, I think, if you're someone like me who is open with it, it's about opening that door for other people to tell them, hey, you ain't got to talk to me, but if you want to, I'm here. I got you. And for me, I think that's what's going to be important is understanding that aspect of mental health and just being there for each other and understanding that it might be a slow burn. It's going to be a slow process for some people because this has been ingrained in our minds for a long time, you know. As long as we go, we don't even have to look at it from a racial perspective, but just in gender, you know, societal norms that people have placed on the male gender, provider, caretaker, strong, you know, can attack, protector. That's what for the, you know, when you look at stories, that's what the male character represents usually. The female character gets to represent the softer side of things, the emotions, the support, the happiness, whereas the man, you know, comes together and it's like, oh, it's the perfect harmony. Not understanding men can be about the happiness and the softness or whatever you want to call it. And women can be strong and protectors if they want to. At the end of the day, whatever relationship somebody's in or whatever, whoever someone is striving to be, the best thing I can tell people in reference to, you know, how people sometimes try to put other people down, it ain't none of your business how somebody else is living unless they in your house and in your face and doing something against you. If it's not, if you don't like something, that's cool. You ain't got to open your mouth to put somebody else down about it. Just, you know, agree to disagree. It is what it is. If you want to open yourself to a dialogue, do it. But don't. Just don't pollute every conversation with just negativity. That's what I'll say. If, if you, even if you just don't understand it, you never know. One day you might, as a person, be like, I do want to talk to somebody. I just say leave that door open because even just being able to verbalize what your issues are, sometimes for me, I have to talk to somebody to figure out what my issue is. And I'll be like, oh, that must be what I'm upset about. And that's what I hope for a lot of people. Even if you can't go do therapy or if it's not something you're comfortable with or medication, finding someone you can talk to is an important thing. And understanding, don't seek that person's validation. Just seek your own understanding from having someone you can trust to talk to to figure some stuff out. And I definitely agree with you on that because it's like you jogged my memory because um, just for like a little taste like a me, like yes, like I, I do go through like depression. I do like have my days and it's like something that when you explain to some people, it's like, yo, like it's not a cure for this shit. Like no, like this, it sticks with you. Once you got it, you got it. It's like the stink on your feet. But unfortunately, sometimes that can get get rid of too, but it's still momentarily. So it's like, I remember like I was going through a really bad situation with a girl and you know what it is like when you really give all yourself to somebody. Like I really gave my all to this girl and the situation happened and I'm gonna, you know, leave some stuff out of it. But it's basically, it was like, it really crushed me. And I went to see Jared, you know, your brother. And, like, I was really upset. And, like, I hugged him, and he just hugged me back. And he was just like, it's okay. You're going to be all right. But it was like he didn't, like, bro, what's wrong with you? Like, because I do know a lot of guys who, in that situation, hey, ain't nothing to it but to get over it by getting another one. Like, that don't always, like, solve it. Like, I hate how sometimes, like, that's the go-to is to, like, get over it or cover it up. Like, you can't put a Band-Aid on a bullet wound, especially, like, when – it really impacts you because it's like what I'm about the point I'm about to bring up is like I was having a conversation with one of my boys and it was from a conversation where we was all getting to know each other and it was one of those things where it's like he was raised in an environment with a lot of tough love. Mm -hmm. 
And it's one of those things where in that tough love was invalidation. Like just because your dad went through this and that and that and your mom went through this and that and that, that doesn't mean your problems don't matter. That doesn't mean that what you're going through in life isn't important. Now, from a conversation, you may see that some of these things may be small, but if something matters to you, it matters to you. And it's like he doesn't realize it, but he's been carrying that invalidation forever. And he does it to and he will probably do it to other people. I hope that does get better. But it was like he was like, Yo, and you can't see it like that. You can't see it like that. Like, no, bro, sometimes what it is is what it is. Like that's what I was telling him, like, cause like my dynamic dynamic with my father, yes, yeah, sometimes he does give tough love, but no, sometimes he's just wrong. Sometimes he is invalidating me. And that's understandable and that's real like and that's the thing like i hate in the black culture is like tough love is the go-to like no you need a t you need you do need that firm hand but you also need a soft touch like you don't need your parent to be on your ass the whole time and tell you don't worry about that don't cry like no like you sometimes you need that hug you need to hey it's gonna be cool we're we gonna we gonna make it because we're human we need that and it's like i hate how like as black men that's been ingrained in us and i feel like from that conversation aspect it's getting better in the field of like sympathy but we're still working on empathy i agree and i think also something that comes to mind with it as well is there's also an act of choice that goes with it you know because i think that there's something i don't know if you've seen much uh clips or different things from me on levan's aunt but something she talks about a lot is generational curses and a lot of people hear that and they think, curses, witch doctor. No, no. A generational curse is something that you pass on from one generation to the next, whether you realize it or not. Something like this, this toxic aspect of masculinity or whatever you want to call it, that's a generational curse that whether you realize it or not, you might be passing on. So I think it's about taking a hard look at yourself and understanding, look, at the end of the day, my mama, my daddy, whoever else, may not understand and may not validate. And part of that's going to be what they experience. Part of that's their life. Part of that is their choice, et cetera, et cetera. But understanding, don't let someone else's, and I'll say this loosely, but don't let someone else's damage or someone else's inequities inform you to be the exact same way because it was done to you. And I think that's something you and I understand and will do differently with our children. It's just, I think that when you have something like that, and I'll speak to it from a father-son perspective in this, but I think, when you have a father who is not the best, I think that you have a choice. You can either be just like him or you can, a lot of people rail and do the exact opposite. And there's a way to take, because some people have good and not everybody, but like there's a way to take the good traits that you learn from your father, your parent, and understand, okay, I'm going to use the gentle tone or this, you know, firm but gentle aspect of parenting, but I'm not going to take, you know, it's basically to say you don't have to reach in the bag and take everything your daddy did and bring it, you know, with you. You can reach in there and be like, okay, we're going to take the good, the good, the good. We're going to leave that other stuff in the past and make sure that I communicate because I think the only way that we move this forward correctly is educating the next generation as they're growing up so they don't even think about this as a conversation. That, I think, is the goal for them to be like, wow, there was a time men couldn't be upset. or they could, You know, that's what I think because, for example, the person who, uh, one of my closest friends who you know, I ain't going to say his name because I don't know if he wants his name out there like that, but um, – my, he ha, has had different challenges, grown up and de dealt with different things and has children, you know, has a child of his own right now and another one on the way. And I can honestly tell you he is the best father that I've ever seen. And I say this because I've seen the way he parents, you know, his daughter. And I've seen him tell her, it's okay for you to be upset, but after this is done, you and I are going to have a conversation. So I've seen those healthy ways be established. That, for me, is what I want to see everybody doing. 
understanding that your child is a human being. You can't get mad at your child just because they're making noise and being human or because they want to understand something or because they're feeling something. That part doesn't make sense to me. And there are plenty of people out there, unfortunately, who as children, because they were crying or got upset, got beat for it. And let's talk about that. That's abuse of someone just trying to express themselves. That's wrong. So that's one thing I can say. If you're out here beating your child just because they're upset about something or crying, you need to readjust and look at yourself as a parent. You know, that, that's one thing. But I think it's got to start with the next generation. And it has to start with conversations with the previous ones. There are going to be some people we can get on, get on board, you know, understanding it. There's some people who are going to unfortunately be set in their ways, and that's just the end of it. But I think for me, my goal is to make sure that I raise human beings who understand whether they're male or female, uh, whatever they identify as, as long as they're out here being good people, they can express themselves however they need to. Now, you ain't going to run all over me now, but, you know, I'm not going to stand in the way of, my own child understanding their emotions because I think that, if anything else, stunts your children and makes their lives much more difficult when they, if they had at an early age dealt with this, they could save so much time with issues and therapy and all sorts of other stuff in their futures. So, and it's and it's like I wanted to like get into like my next question that I had, which was is like mental health a factor in parenting in the black community? And I believe that it strongly is like that boys don't cry stigma, like, like, um that aspect of raising your boy from a young age to already be a man like i i hate that excuse me y'all like i i hate that like you let your kid be a kid your kid is gonna do some dumb things we all did it and that's normal but it's what's important is that they learn from it it's like it was sad to know that my dad's first job he was 12 years old and it was like huh but that was the norm for young black boys at that time. You was working at a young age. Like, so you really didn't have time to be a child. And it's like, I know in the Bible it says, I put like all childish things behind, like when I became a man, but it, it shouldn't be, I'm about to say it shouldn't be, it doesn't give an age range. Like it shouldn't be at eight. You'd be out there like in the field plowing. 40, 30, 50 year old boys. So let's just be clear about that. Okay. Um, there is a time to man up. Yeah. There is a time to be a man. But it's like in the process of like parenting, it's some things that we need to go in and look at. Because like one of my favorite examples that I love using my show is fences. Because it's like when Troy, the father, took away, um, uh, which we call it, his son Corey's opportunity to play college football, that killed him. That was his dream. That was something he wanted to do. He didn't want to go work every day like his father. But his father was like, no, like, this is what we do. This is what men do. And it's like, dad, like, just because something didn't work out for you in the past, because for y'all who don't know in the past, like, George tried to be a pro baseball player, but it didn't work out. Like, just because something didn't work out for you doesn't mean it's not going to work out for me. So it's like mental health playing in a factor in producing young black boys, I think is a huge factor. I mean, I got two things I'm going to say. One of them might upset some people. It might not. It is what it is. The thing that, because I come from my parents' divorce when I was uh, early teens, I believe, or somewhere around there. I don't, I don't know. But the w one of the things that I am the most grateful to my mama for is she never expected me to be the man of the house. Never put that on me. She expected me to be her child. My mama told me, I can tell you verbatim what my mama told me at those ages. She said, your job is to go to school and to get good grace. That's what your job is. She was like, my job is to handle all this other stuff. And that's why, not, can't nobody tell me I ain't got the best mom in the world, but you know, that's how she raised me. I think that something that is important to be said is for a lot of, and I'm not trying to be stereotypical, and I, it is what it is, it's gonna come off how it comes across. For a lot of women who either their husbands ain't doing what they're supposed to do or they've left, stop trying to turn your sons into your husband. 
And I mean that with every part of my soul because I've seen all facets of it. I've seen different women who expected their young sons to take up the role and do all this manly stuff, and they put their idea of what a man is in his head. So now you have a young boy who is trying to be the man his mother dreams of wanting to be instead of having, you know, his own experiences and figuring it out. And that doesn't, I'm not even talking about having their role models, but I say that, say, I've seen grown men whose mothers put them in that position, and even at a grown age, still treat that boy or that man like their husband. And that's where you see a lot of friction with husband and wives and mother-in-laws and all this other stuff because they've leaned on their children so much. And I think that leads me into my second point. When you have a child, the thing that you need to understand, having a child doesn't mean you get a customizable doll that does exactly what you want them to do. Your child, here's what the job is. The, the child, at the end of the day, to be perfectly honest, doesn't have to be grateful, doesn't have to, they, they gonna, they're going to be who they're going to be. You've raised them the best of your ability and have faith that you have raised them to what you know them to be, but stop expecting them to either be many copies of yourself, and then when they're not, allow, I think that's where another part of the mental health aspect and general, uh, generational curses all come into play because I think that you have parents who are expecting their child to take on this role of an adult, which in their mind, they're in distress. That Any person that makes their son, their husband in that aspect, has some kind of trauma that they've got going on. That's that's a mental health. And so I think a lot of the times there are people, you know, somebody will probably expect me, to, yeah, expect me to make this point and say, yeah, those mothers are terrible mothers. No, they're probably women who have dealt with trauma or have got mental health stuff that they haven't had figured out. And because of that, their sons have to, or daughters or whoever, have to pay the price. And it's a generational thing. That's why I think that we can be stronger, if, you know, even talking about black culture, we can be stronger if we just understand that aspect and lean into it so that we can be our best selves, deal with any trauma that we're going to have to deal with. Because, yes, the world is still hard for black folks. There's going to be some trauma. There's going to be some hardship. Ain't nobody going to be raised perfectly. You ain't going to raise your child perfectly. But allow your child to experience the world. Teach them the best that you can, but understand that they are going to be who they're going to be. They're going to feel what they're going to feel. You can be the burliest, lumberjack, hairy-chested man in the world, and your son might want to go be a ballerina. And that's fine. Having a child doesn't mean you own something. You didn't make a slave. You made another human being who's going to experience life. So that, for me, is something that's important to say, or those points, is stop making a child, your husband or wife, or whatever it is. Stop leaning on your children and be a parent. And understand yourself and your own weaknesses. If you need to get help, Go get some help so that you don't keep spreading that poison into your child, your grandchildren, great, and further, and so on and so forth. So, that's exactly right. Because it's like I remember seeing a post. It was like toxic mothers are just as bad as absent fathers. But we don't want to have that conversation. We want to blame the male figure in the house. But y'all remember, it takes more than just one parent to raise a child, especially a young boy. Because to quote Frederick Douglass, it's easier to raise young boys than repair broken men. And we fail at both of those in this society sometimes like we like you said those some of those single mothers out there who whose father or the child either left died or just not doing their job yeah you're some of y'all are raising your son to be the man you want to be because you would want that as your husband and some of y'all are actually raising a human being who is going to be a human being and that's good and like but you still need both parents but it's still in the same aspect of like yo we really got to look at this as a human being as a child like not as like you said something we can control now yes when they're younger of course they're gonna have to listen to you yeah. you're like you're the parent Safe, that's your job. yes but it's like 
there's just some things into it where it's like we just got to have that bit of reality. Like even with if it's um single parent or both parents, like there's a chance that you fucking this up. And that one thing is lack of communication and lack of understanding. Like you, you gotta have that as a parent. Like not everything is just cause, or not everything is because of what your parents did. Cause it's like I remember saying something else. It was like stop raising children how you wanted to be raised as a child. There's a problem. Uh, I'm gonna speak about another clip I saw from Iyanla Van Zant from her Fix Your Life, Fix My Life series, and I recommend people. There's uh, clips on YouTube. There's obviously full episodes. That woman has amazing perspective, in my opinion, on a lot of things. But she was talking to a woman who. Her, it was a woman and her son who were having problems with each other. And he was mad at her, and she thought he won't S-H-I-T, and that he won't real man. And so Yonla asked her, she was like, so you re- you're mad that he's not, yeah, you know what I'm saying? She was like, so you're upset, and, and I want to get this straight, that you're upset he's not what you, the man that you raised him to be, correct? And she was like, yes. And she was like, and so all these traits that you're talking about that you want him to be, fiscally responsible, this, 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 and lamed everything off. She was like, so which man are you talking about? And she was like, well, no, it's just who I, you know, what I think is. And she was like, so you want your son to be an idea. You want your son to live up to what you see as the best version of what a man is. And that's where the problem lies. And I'm not sitting here making this gender. I ain't making this about mothers, fathers being bad. It's just this is what it is. Children are affected by all the decisions you make. And don't get me wrong. You're going to do something that is going to mess them up somehow, some way. Even the happiest people have the happiest lives. Got something that upset them or something that they got mad about their parents for. That's normal. But a term that I've talked to my brother about that you see, and if we're going to talk about the black community and a lot of black males, unfortunately, because of this, is arrested development. And I'm going to use the term loosely because I'm not, you know, so I ain't got no training yet. I'm getting my master's. But um, I've not gotten any full training on that yet. But I say that to say, if anybody doesn't know, arrested development loosely is a trauma or some event occurs to someone at a certain age, and mentally they stay around that age bracket. So that's why you see young boys who experienced things that whether it was being assaulted uh screamed at et cetera et cetera in a young age still when they're 32 because they haven't dealt with it are still mentally 14. that's what we're seeing everywhere you got 50 60 year old men who never dealt with it so in their minds it's those people that you see where you're like why is he still making you know doing that kind of stuff why is he doing that it's probably unresolved trauma that never got dealt with, and that man is still living at this, the age where it happened because he wasn't able to progress because of what happened. And I think that happened. I don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't think that's everybody who just had to live up to an idea of a man, but I think that's something that happens to a lot of people, and we have to talk about that too, and understanding not only how to prevent this from continuing, but how to heal what has already occurred, and understanding that healing is a choice. There are going to be some men who you might think, oh, he needs to heal, and his life will be so much better. If he don't want it, you can't force it on somebody. If somebody's not ready to heal, if somebody ain't ready to change, your will is not going to fix that. So sometimes you got to be like, you know what? I'm here if this person wants some help to do better, but I wash my hands of, you know, that. And that's okay to do. But stop trying to force people to be what you want them to be because that right there enforces the ideals we've been talking about of trying to make it. That, I think the key of what we're talking about here is people trying to make other people be what they want them to be. And understanding that we have no right to control the personalities of anybody around us just because we don't like what they like, don't do what they do, or don't express ourselves the same way. If that's how you are, go lock yourself in a basement and just stay there so that you can be in your own company. But if you want to come out to the real world, everybody's different. Everybody experiences different things. And the best way I can put it is make sure you raise your children in that aspect. Because for me, 
I don't care what my kids, future kids are going to like to do. If they want to be monster truck drivers and or they want to be baseball players, I'm going to show up to every practice. I'm going to put on whatever regalia. You know, I, I got it all, you know, because that's what support is. It's helping your child or, you know, helping whoever figure out who they are instead of trying to influence who they are. And I think that ties us back into the aspect of what is a man. That is the eternal question. And I'm here to tell you there's not an answer. That's the answer. There is no, we can talk about physiologically what a man's stereotypical characteristics physically are, but, you know, outside of that, you can't say that every man's going to be happy. You can't say every man's going to be angry. You, it's just not the case. It's going to be true about some, but not true about all. So I think this goes also with just uh, as something that I say all the time that I've heard other people say, you can't make men a monolith because there is not one sacred definition of what a man is or what a woman is. People are going to be who they want to be, and that's totally fine. And that's just how life's supposed to be. And I think as the sooner people can get out of other people's business, the better if you can't support other people. And for the people who want different, the sooner that you can deal with your own mental health and as well as try to be there for your own children to make sure they don't fall in the same pitfalls or become your husband or become the better. So, And I'm glad that you like put it that way because it's like, you know, Yes, we may have these conversations like how I dealt with my mental health or you haven't dealt with yours. Uh, well, dog, trust me, like you may want to. I'm not making you, but it's a suggestion because it really will benefit some things in the long term. But that's it's just like you said, it's a choice. If you don't want to go through with it, then you don't want to go through with it. But it's like even then there still be consequences for that, because if you're trying to raise if you were raised out of trauma and you didn't recognize it, you're going to raise your next kids out of trauma. Like that's, that's just real. And I, and I think one more thing I'll say on it is the unfortunate side of it is trauma is unfair. Being taught to be something that you're not by other people is unfair. These are things of life. Unfortunately, the reality is the real world doesn't care what traumas you've been through and it does not care what, you know, it, that it's not fair for you. So, and I think this is something even I have struggled with at different times. You get bogged down by, it's not fair. This isn't how it's supposed to be. And you think that life is just going to course correct or something. And it's like, no, unfortunately, regardless of who influenced you to make what decisions or made you do what you've done, those are consequences we have to live with. So if you have raised your child to be like that, the only thing you can do is try to have conversation and be different. If you have been just, I think that's the most important thing here is just, you can't change the past, but you can change what's going to happen, you know, down the line. But at the end of the day, just because life wasn't fair to you does not mean that I can't sit here and say, yep, well, because somebody treated you badly, you know, everything will be fine. You deserve to work. No, sometimes if we make a bad choice, regardless of why we made it, we got to live with the consequences. So I think the reason why I think it's important for mental health to be an aspect for men for in this aspect, in this way, is because the sooner that they can deal with those mental health aspects, the better we can make the what the best way we can make better choices for ourselves, and that's the way we move forward. I think. I definitely agree. It's just one of those things where it's like you gotta always realize, like from men to men, women to men, like looking at it, like we're gonna go through things. Like like you said, life isn't perfect. Like you can't change the past, but you can mold the future. And if fixing your mental health is part of the future, well, then, buddy, all right, then. But just know the cost that comes with it because you can pass that trauma down. Because, like, for my movie fans, there's a movie with Bruce Lee in it. And when he goes back, his character goes back to China, his father dies. Bruce Lee starts having, like, visions of him in, like, this, like, yard and, like, demons are fighting because his father's demons were passed on to him. And that was the metaphor of it. So it's one of those things where it's like, just be real, things that you haven't dealt with will get passed on. 
And maybe they may be that generation to break it. Maybe they may that be that generation to keep passing it on. And especially for, for black people, like mental health is a thing. Like people get upset. And like when you hear like mental health, it's not just sad. Like there's people with some really bad anger issues. That's part of it too. Like anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder. Like all of that is root, rooted into it. And it's like that example you was talking about with Ayana, um, Fix My Life. Like the dude that was um like you could see that he was really distraught he was really hurt that his mother doesn't think he's a good man and but he has kids he has a career he's a black nurse by the way how many of those do you see like realistically how many black men nurses do you see it, that is an achievement because medical school is not easy and but he does everything one stereotypically a man's supposed to do but he also more than likely is given the children the trauma like none of the trauma that you gave him but he still has to take it and you know what the sad thing is? Some people are going to just tell him to man up. And here's another aspect since we're talking about mental health in general as well. With that situation, because of what those two had experienced in their own lives, I don't know what the mother had experienced, you know, whether she had had men who have treated her badly or has gone through different people that have let her down, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know what led to her being like that, and I don't know what she put him through to make him turn the way he was. But the key issue of that scene is they, didn't, they couldn't communicate because of their trauma and because of the different things they've gone to, they needed, in this case, Yanla, but it goes with counseling and therapy, they needed a third party to help them cut through and say, no, you're upset about this, you're upset about this, and every time you guys talk, you butt heads because nobody's listening and everybody's trying to defend themselves. I'm not gonna sit here and say the mother is an evil person, I'm not gonna say the son is a terrible man, I'm not gonna say any of that because it's subjective. But what I will say is learning how to have an open dialogue is probably the most important. And for me, I can also speak to my relationship, even with my own mother, where there are times where she doesn't always understand what I'm trying to tell her. And it's just where I'm like, okay, you don't get it. And then she'll say something to me and I'm not hearing it because I'm in my own world. And so we just argue until we both will be like, all right, what are you trying to get across? And here's what I'm get, trying to get across. And let's see what we can do. And it's a day by day thing. And it's just, I think I say all that to say therapy medication, counseling, you know, things like that, healthy choices, taking care of yourself physically, it's important. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you, I think we get pre-programmed by television and movies to think that, oh, one day everything's going to be perfect. I'm here to tell you that, you know, sometimes pre for people, for depression, for example, it's situational through the loss of a job, loss of a loved one, et cetera, et cetera. And time is the only thing that helps them, you know, get through that. For other people, there might be a brain chemistry issue where they literally just can't produce enough serotonin or, you know, different things to regulate themselves. And so I just want to make sure people understand if you need that help, go get it. But also it's work. Unfortunately, like I've been saying, life ain't fair. I've got, you know, I deal with depression, anxiety. It ain't fair that I got it because I didn't, you know, I wasn't born deserving it, but it's the cards I've been dealt, and I have to make get up every day and make a choice to say, I got to get up and keep it moving. There's going to be days where I'm, like today, where I've had a wonderful day, things are really, you know, just been positive. There are going to be some days where I'm challenged, where things are difficult, and I'm upset, and that's okay, too, you know. And, um, excuse me, sorry, phone's always ringing. But he brought my damn phone into the studio. I told him to keep the sound off. This is a real topic, but continue. Drake! Anyway, um, but... I, you know, I say that also to say, and I'm probably circling my point here, but with mental health, it's a day-by-day -day thing, and it's just about conquering where you're at. It's focusing on today. Don't focus on next week, next Thursday. Don't focus on last week, last Thursday. The only day that you can have an effect on and in positive change and moving forward is the day that you're in. So take that in 
and also just do what is best for you because the sooner that people take their mental health seriously, in my opinion, the better they can cope and deal with the different things that life brings to you because life is always going to bring joy. Life is always going to bring sorrow. That's not going to change. But the way we deal with it and the way that we can respond to it is something we can change. And I'm going to leave on this note because that was definitely something that people needed to hear. Men cry. Men get upset. Men get down. Men get depressed. Men get anxiety. Men get angry. Men get furious. But we are still human. So to both sides, some men definitely try to understand where your homeboys or your friends or your sons or your fathers are coming from because it's just something that's part of life and for the the women out there like for the mothers raising sons please raise them to be a good man and not the man you want to be and for some of these women out here down in men you don't know what that man is going through we live in a world where we have to acknowledge how you feel all the time but it's also how we feel as well like it's just fair we want to preach fairness that's something that's fair you want to keep calling that man horrible you'll know what he's going through you'll know what he's been through like i want to give you a quick little story basically in the same situation where i ought to fix my life a elderly black man was sentenced to jail for like over 40 years and it was because his black wife said that he raped their daughters he knew it was a lie they knew it was a lie like everything confirmed that he did not do it but he was still sentenced to jail and then years later she wanted to apologize and he didn't accept it and that's fine and that's his right but we do not know what he went through mentally but unfortunately society's gonna call him a man and tell him to get over it and i think a disclaimer for me here to just also say th- these are just my opinions i ain't i ain't nobody registered doing this or that and take what i say with a grain of salt i just hope that us talking about this helps someone else who's like well maybe i do need to evaluate and see why do i get angry when this happens because yes i definitely agree if you're raising sons understand that don't try to make him be who you want him to be. Just teach him to be a good person. Everything else will fall together correctly if you just teach him to respect people and to stand on his own morals and just be, you know, stand in his convictions and be who he wants to be. But it's also on us as men to look at our behaviors. And because here's the thing about it, we can talk about what made us the way we were in this case, you know, how we were raised or the people like that. But once we get grown, we have to make a choice. Are we going to still be victims to what happened to us? Or are we going to decide to let that go and move forward and understand that we aren't victims? We've survived. And every day is, you know, for mental health, it's about survival. You you are a survivor. That's what that day-to-day aspect is like. There are different levels to it. There's mild, moderate, severe depression, anxiety. And I don't care what form you have of it. I'm not, you know, I think there's this aspect a lot of people try to say, oh, well, you just, you don't have the same level I have. I have severe. No, I'm not going to, you know, shit on anybody's mental health because it's not a game. It's not a competition. I just hope that everyone seeks the help they need and finds that peace that, you know, they need in their lives to move forward. Men, women, children, dogs, cats, you know, everybody. Shout out to Gizmo. Shout out to Gizmo. That's his dog, by the way. Big Gizmo is what we call him on the block. (laughs) You a mess. But for real, like for the brothers out there who are going through something, don't understand it. Please recommend therapy. Know who to talk to. Because, like, not just in therapy, too. Do your research on your therapist because there is different types of therapy. But definitely know your support group. Know your friends because you can't talk to all your friends about your problems. Mm-hmm. That's that's mm-hmm. just the real thing. You can't talk to all your friends about your problems. You have a conversation yeah, sometimes you really got to look within yourself, too, and understand what's going on. But for everyone out there who's listening, thank you for joining us on Woke. Please give a shout-out to my sponsor, 
Well, I'm giving a shout out. Please go give a look at my sponsor at Chalet Clothing. That's C-H-A-L-E Clothing. It's one word. Look it up on Instagram. Great quality products. I love them to death. Shout out to men. Definitely ones who are going through everyday things. Get better. Be better. And you will be better. I'm Aaron. That's been Jeffrey. This has been Woke. I'll see y'all later.